VIX popped to the highest since spring as we saw markets drop fiercely at the end of last week. So far, we've seen some support here in the follow-up this week. Let's talk options and what's happening in the world of volatility with Jim Carson joining us from Aegea Capital Management, Senior Managing Partner at the firm. Jim, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, OJ. Good to be back. Thank you. So what's top of your mind here as we see VIX wake up in a manner that we have gotten close to on a few occasions throughout this year, but really the biggest VIX spike uh, since we had some rate volatility back in the first quarter. What does that mean to you? So it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, most people think about seasonality in kind of almost kind of magical terms. The reality is seasonality in my world is very much a function of volatility uh, getting pinned at uh, during the holidays, which generally follows OPEX. So uh, both in the Thanksgiving and Christmas, you have a lot of vol supply for the holidays, immediately following a lot of vol demand in the form of uh, OPEX. So when that happens, that makes vol really, really cheap uh, after the, uh, the vol in, in the, the monthly expirations expires. And that's exactly what we've seen. So hmm. late through November, all the way through Thanksgiving, we had massive vol supply. That vol supply has been pinning these markets. So despite all of the macro risk that's actually out there, there's been a ton of underlying stress in the markets. If you look at the credit markets, uh, there's a lot of examples uh, of vol in the credit uh, space really blowing out a lot of traders having a lot of pain well documented there um, as well as awful breadth you've had 30 to 35 percent of these indexes even when we were at the uh, at the top high um, trading below their 200 day moving average so really really ugly internals um, mm. but the vol has been so well supplies that it's actually been pinning this market so it's really huh. almost like this this heavyweight fight between the vol markets and the underlying fundamental markets. Um, That's uh, important. And, and we're really seeing that play out. So you're arguing that uh, there was some fundamental deterioration here, but because of the power of the uh, fixed uh, uh, vol uh, that is basically kind of, uh, as you describe it, that kind of pen uh, keeping the market bound within certain ranges once we got past those uh, uh, days of options expiry where a lot of that volume is happening you say the market was kind of free to price discover and it was price discovery downwards yeah actually it's very interesting you can see this between the uh real-time trading hours and the after hours right a lot of the big moves are happening after hours when the vol markets are not as liquid uh, and the hedgers aren't as as, as uh, prevalent so once you get into real-time trading hours you're seeing a lot more support for markets and the big moves are happening after hours. So I would strongly recommend that people who are hedging huh. make sure they're hedged for the overnight sessions, be much less long of vol during the trading sessions where, where that vol is very much compressed um, okay. during this time period. The futures team would love to have you, uh, uh, Jem, uh, uh, here. Okay. So uh, what then, uh, how do we rather assess if we're getting repinned when the market loses that options uh, magnetism at a certain level and we get this volatility, how do you gauge, Jem, uh, if the options power builds back up and then repins the market? Does, uh, is that a function of uh, when once the market actually quiets down and vol drops back down, we assess where those levels are? Are we still like in free mode right now or what? You really need to get, so what happened on uh, Wednesday into Friday on, on the holiday weekend is a great example. The, the ball was so well supplied, it, it supported the market up through that, that time. And then Friday, 
Um, there was so much illiquidity. Um, it was a shortened market, and a lot of vol expired with that 24th holiday expiration. So it's a relative kind of battle between the vol supply and the underlying. This market wants to go lower. There are, there are structural reasons with the acceleration of tapering uh, conversation, the Omicron news, uh, several other things that are really uh, fundamentally providing pressure. But um, you know, there were a couple of big traders who uh, were long of, of, of vol and who monetized that or, or sold it into uh, the declining market. Uh, you know, one well-known iconic trader on, on Friday came into the close and sold some about 3,800 puts. Some people will know who that is. Mm. Um, you know, that type of vol supply, when you see it in an already pretty well-supplied market, um, are very supportive given the amount of vol supply. So it's really just a relative measuring of that vol relative to the stress, very kind of high leverage um, what I like to say, leptokurtotic distribution, where, where you'll have very narrow distributions for a while, and then you can get big tails huh. on either wing, really, um, based on the amount of kind of leverage and and kind of think of it as almost two sumo fighters hitting up against each other. If they're both really big, you can go nowhere for a while, but ultimately one, mm. you know, what, there's much more potential energy in the system that can cause much fatter tails. So that tectonic shift can happen, one plate being the options market, the other plate being some of the fundamental deterioration you mentioned, the credit risk that, that uh, you describe, and that uh, kurtosis effect of a big tail. Uh, as much as uh, we could go into the, the math of the kurtosis, Jim, go back to that other point there. You said someone big, some people might know, uh, someone was selling options. You can't tease us like that, Jim. There's there's a certain well-known billionaire out there that uh, that has been selling puts uh, in the market. For, I've seen you tweet um, about Icon been, in the past. Is this a reference to uh, that? Yes, it is. Uh, okay. But again, that's you know there, he's been out there for about 25, 30 years, as far as I've been in the business uh, doing this, and he's very good. He tends to come in and, and supply ball when it's uh, you know fairly huh. out of the money when it's when it's uh, that kurtosis is is kind of. Uh, rich and so he provided that right at the bottom on Friday that provided not only a signal to people who know but also a lot of ball supply so it has a reflexive hmm. function there again it, it, it wouldn't have been enough on its own if ball wasn't already relatively well supplied but there was quite a bit of ball supply um, hmm. already uh, based on the holiday and the rolling um, so that that ball supply you know will eventually degrade we've seen this in other periods like this take it to um, you know January February uh you know into the pre-covid crash i'm not saying crash is coming but you have plenty of examples where underlying uh you know breadth and things look very bad the news kind of creates the risk before kind of the vol becomes unpinned mm. um you know so it's important during these times to to watch your tails i'm not saying that we're we're going to get crash but there's a very kurtotic kind of high pressure kind of situation going huh. on under the hood right now it's important to be aware of that that's an important um, uh, kind of simple description of, of all the options, Matt, that you monitor, Jim, for those of us that are just kind of observing and trying to follow along. I know that your message as you've been here this year, you were expecting the second half of this year to get choppier once we started going into a more hawkish regime by the Fed. Uh, but even recently, as we've spoken, uh, there have been instances in the late summer, I believe fall earlier, as we spoke a couple months back, about uh, generally more of kind of a static market favorable to buying dips. It sounds to me you're taking a bit of a different tone here, saying that uh, we should be aware of more swinginess potential from here to the end of the year. Is that a fair characterization? That's fair. I, I think it's important to note that, um, you know, 
when this market kind of comes to its final uh, terminus, it's going to end with kind of um, a kurtotic tail up before it's down, in my opinion. Um, I think this is not over, um, but I do think, you know, it's important. You can, the, one of the great things about options is you don't have to, to bet bullish or bearish. You can bet, um, you know, really on, on convexity um, or lack of convexity if you want. So we're really positioned to take advantage of that convexity. Um, and this regime, um, you know, vol should continue to rise into, um, you know, early next year, we believe. Um, and, uh, and, and broadly, we've been positioned accordingly. Okay. Uh, Jim Carson, always a very interesting look at the market and uh, options, the role that it's playing there, and a little uh, insight into uh, habits of uh, Mr. Icon potentially as a vol supplier. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Jim. Thank you. Take care. Sure thing. Mr. Kassan is a senior managing partner at Agia Capital Management, LLC, here in Chicago.